Hello and welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, James Cooper. And me, Benice Cassidy. How are you, Benice? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, very good. So what we're we talking about in this podcast then? So today we are going to explore print. Print? What are you talking about? What's print? Print is this fantastic model that we use with a lot of our clients. It's something that um, I think can be really, really enlightening to a lot of people. All right. So um, I suppose if we ex- start off by really exploring kind of um, what is it and also as well, I suppose, why we use it at T2. Okay. So I've, I've, first thing I'd like to say on print, because obviously we use it as, as a really good foundation for, and when I say it's changed my life, it really has. Um We've got, I've got my missus printed and and every and everybody else that's, that that <laughs> needs to. So, but where does that sit within sort of T two and how we introduce it? So, really, what's where does this sit within the human iceberg model that we use at T two mm-hmm. Benice? So, a lot of the work that we do, so we work with um, managers, leaders at all sorts of different levels from all sorts of different um, backgrounds um, as well. And it's really important when it comes to leadership and being the best leader um, for your people. It's really important that you understand yourself first. So, yeah. we refer to it as um, you need to understand how to lead yourself before you can lead others. So, what we um, explore with um, our clients, with our partners, as well, anyone that we're working with, is we explore a model that we call the human iceberg. So if you think about human behavior, so um, how we behave, um, there's different, we all behave in different ways, but we behave for different reasons, sorry. So if you think of an iceberg, let's say, so an iceberg, um, typically on average, you can only see one ninth of an iceberg above water. We like to refer to this as human behavior. So for example, that tip of the iceberg, what is visible and what is above the waterline, that's your, your traits it's your characteristics and those standard behaviors and that's what you pee what you either you see stuff that you hear um and it's really important to have understanding of all of that but when you explore and really look at um behavioral models or psychometric testing tools what they do is they tell you just that the tip of the iceberg stuff which is is how you behave um and yes that is really insightful but it sometimes isn't always impactful so when we talk about the above the waterline behaviors characteristics and traits Mm. that's i like to say that as how we show up right yeah it's how you show up okay but what when we're talking from a print context then yes where are we now? Are we above the waterline or are we underneath? Oh, we're below. Okay, we're, we're below the waterline. Yes. I like that. Okay. So does everybody, especially when we're talking about print, does does everybody relate to this information straight away or what, what sort of process are they following and um, how does it work? Not always, but when I think if you... When it comes to self-development, um, a lot of people either go out and seek it because they want to understand themselves. They want to be a better human. Growth um, mindset, right? Sorry? Growth mindset. Definitely. Okay. Some people, though, it might be that um, their organization, the company that they've worked for, is booked at a fantastic uh, company like T2, um, mm. and they, they it's given to them. So, again, some people might not always be kind of um, open to it because this stuff really does take it to the next level. Because when you think about print in regards to the human iceberg, um, it's below the waterline. So it's the why of you. It's the reason why 
you behave the way that you do. It's the reason why you think the way that you think. It's why you feel the way that you feel. Um, And again, sometimes it can be unconscious and it's not something that is visible. So for example, if I'm working with you, James, and I've never done um, anything like print before, I don't know what's driving your above the waterline behaviors or what makes you do things in a certain way or think or feel things a certain way. All I can try and understand is what I see and what I hear. So what I show you, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so so where does print come from then? Because there's we've said print, but what what where is this all where is it from? What's it what's it about? Yes, so print was developed by a gentleman called Paul Hertz and Deborah Levine back in nineteen ninety eight. So Paul Hertz was following the work of Dr. Edwards um, Deming and really exploring what can we do to really help an organization break through what they call the productivity ceiling. Okay, what's a productivity ceiling, Benice? So productivity ceiling is um well if you explore if you look at um Deming, for example, so okay. he is known for for being a fantastic person to really change that level of productivity in regards to streamlining systems and processes. Okay. Um, but actually what they found was, or what um, Paul Hertz found is, you can go into an organization and completely revamp and change how they do things if there's any dysfunction within a team within the people then that's going to have a significant impact to not only how productive they are if they aren't productive then the likelihood is that they're not high performing okay so so then what what off the back of what edwards deming did or started what was paul hertz and deborah levine's input on that then so what they were doing is um paul was obsessed with the reason why so what they were doing is they were looking at um working with organizations and where they were finding that their the people weren't as productive as they could be should be um they were starting to explore the behavioral side and that's what um paul hertz was really interested um for years um the sole thing that was driving him was why. Because what he was doing is he was running all sorts of different um, psychometrics on on different people in different organizations, but it was simply telling people how they behave. So, and what he found is it wasn't always, I suppose, providing, it wasn't given the impact needed and it wasn't driving any kind of progress or change. And this is what he was then passionate in finding the why. Well, why do people behave the way that they do? Because that's what's really really important here okay so so if if we start to look at the the process and we've we've got other podcasts on the actual process of print but what is the system that you have to follow now i've we've both done print yes so what was your experience of it so I did print um, a few years ago now. I don't really remember um, actually completing the survey. Okay. But the, when it comes to completing the survey, so um, every single one of us has a completely different experience because what it's doing is it's a very smart, very sophisticated survey. Um, and there's a very clever algorithm that sits behind it. So every single one of us, so we will begin the survey and we'll be asking or answering certain questions. How many is the first one that everybody answers? 16. Right, okay. So, so we, I've got to answer 16 questions, yes, that will say. you do. Okay. And that's it. First bank of questions is the same for all of us. What then happens is based on that first set of answers, yeah. the, the survey will then fire off a different set of questions. So this is where that experience then starts to differ between different people. Okay. 
And what that survey is doing is there's, well, there's a potential of 750 questions. Now, I'm sure, James, if I sat you in this room and I gave you 750 questions to answer, it would probably take you quite some time, right? Yeah, I'm not doing it in the 15 minutes it took me to do my print survey. No, definitely not. Um, And it is, on average, um, 15 minutes. For some people, it can be even quicker than that. For some people, it can take even longer than that. And Mm. the reason being is because that survey will not stop until it has 100% validated your answers and this is why for some people as well they some people get a little bit frustrated because the the survey might ask them a question and then it might reword it because what it's doing is it will not stop until it's 100% guaranteed and validated your unconscious motivators definitely right okay then so when we talk about unconscious motivators and and once you've done the survey now I know from some of the experiences we've had in workshops where people have been and they've gone well that I don't necessarily relate to these unconscious mm. motivators. Yeah. But then once they read the profile and once we get into the detail of it and go through some of the language that we're going to cover in a second, then people start to understand and go, ah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That all makes sense now. Let's let's talk about the difference between the print survey and some of the other ones that, that, are, that are around mm. and some of the other psychometric testing. Now, I was a skeptic. Yeah. I was the person because I've been been in education for a while. We've done leadership styles and we've um, and oh sorry, learning styles and really coming to the conclusion that we need a blend. When we're talking about print, what's the difference between those this print to survey and yeah. the Paul Hertz and Deborah Levine model that they released in nineteen ninety eight, or maybe some of the others? No, we're talking about above the waterline behaviors, yes. characteristics and traits, dropping it lower yeah. in under the waterline or beneath the waterline to then actually have the impact on unconscious motivators. Mm. So what are these unconscious motivators then, Benice? And I don't know if we're, we're not going to go into so much detail because I think there'd be a deep dive into each one yes. of them. But just across the top of the board, what? Are, how many is there? Which ones are best? Which ones are worst? And <laughs> if... The, like I say, you'll probably, you, you'll, you'll tell me the difference, right? <laughs> so let's just get into the details. So as far as I know, there's nine unconscious motivators. There is nine unconscious motivators. And just kind of tying back into what you just said there about what makes print different is because it is, it's all about unconscious motivators. So it is, it's not a behavioral model. It's a model based on motivations. And as the Paul Hertz group describe it is unconscious motivators get to the heart of why we behave um, as we do when certain things happen or occur in our lives. So it's our unconscious motivators that are responsible for our thoughts, for our feelings, for our actions, because they operate at that deeper level. And from a T2 point of view though, then the people come in and go, oh, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me how I behave behave based mm-hmm. on a couple of questions well yeah. unfortunately or fortunately for us that's not the case and it is an unconscious motivators profile yes we don't tell you how you act no and neither does the paul Hertz group done no you're the guy the people that come to the workshops and the people that obviously put themselves into the print system if you're being your authentic self and you've and you've gone with your gut if we like to say mm. then they are going to be your unconscious motivators yeah um and I think when it comes to the unconscious motivators, again, that's what's driving the above the waterline yeah. um, 
behavior um so I, I suppose people are listeners listening to this podcast now I'm sure um if you have done psychometric tests before um for some of some of those tools um if we were to ask you can you even can you tell can you tell us or explain to us what that told you about yourself the amount of people that I've asked that question to and they mm. say oh I can't really remember let me try and think what it said I was um, which shows that it didn't have an impact yeah. And also, as well as you you said earlier, sometimes it can be situational in regards to that above the waterline behavior and how we behave. So unconscious motivators, it's it's the why of you. Yeah. So understanding when they've been formed, right? Yes. So if we said if we said from the age of roughly and don't go pinpoint, but really from the age of four to 24, 25, yeah, there's that sort of mid twenties if you like that's where you're forming you're becoming your authentic if you're being yourselves and not necessarily bit well being your authentic self then you would be forming the way that you react to certain things Mm -hmm. based on the experiences that you have yeah so that is then forming your unconscious motivators and how different situations different communications are obviously impacting your potential or anticipated behavior above Mm. the waterline yeah, so your unconscious motivators, yeah. Um, typically, it's your first first 25 years, I suppose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so between, anywhere between four and 24. So I like to describe it as it's where you're, you're building your own kind of map of the world yeah. and, and your lens of the world. And what makes human beings fantastic and unique is that we all see the world in different ways. Yeah. That's our unconscious motivators. Um, so your unconscious motivators are formed based on the experiences that you have during those formative years um that's what kind of drives them and this is what makes print different people often say to us well does it ever change Mm. often it doesn't unless something significant has happened in your life that's completely impacted the way that you view the world and your map of the world that's where that's the only time that we see your unconscious motivators we're talking about big stuff right big stuff yeah so life-changing stuff yeah it could be and it's and again, touching back on sense of purpose, that if it is something that impacts your sense of purpose, yeah. then that could potentially change the unconscious motivators. From a human iceberg point of view, and for everybody that hasn't seen the human iceberg model, you've got the where, which is your sense of purpose. Yeah. Where does it all come from? You've got then, but it's still below the waterline, but in that, in the probably the biggest part of yeah. the human iceberg, you've got the why of you your unconscious motivators, and then the impact of that, and you follow the thread right the way through from your where right the way up to then traits, characteristics, and behaviours. Yeah. Now, let's think about that as a, as a point, a touch point. If we're trying to make the thread right the way through the human iceberg, what are the unconscious motivators then, Benice? So, suspense. There's nine of them. Is that dum dum Let me tell you. So there's nine unconscious motivators. Um, they're, they're numbered one to nine. Um, reason being, that's simply just for reference, um, does not mean that one's better than nine or nine's better than one. Um, it simply is just to make it nice and easy for us um, to, to remember. Um, one thing that we do often say to people when they um, do print um, with us is that what it doesn't tell you, it doesn't tell you anything about how skilled you are or anything about how competent you are as a human being it simply is what are your unconscious motivators that's driving that above the waterline behavior okay so if if i've done my maths correctly yeah so nine unconscious motivators you get two, don't you? You do. So that would then say that there's 72 different combinations. There is, yes. Okay. And again, if we go back to the same principle, there is no combination that's better than any other. Nope. Um, what about if 
I'm in a certain role. Is that is there a better profile for or better profile for me to be CEO? Or no. What is interesting with the work that we do? So we work with managers and leaders. Um, we do tend to see certain combinations do kind of show up in certain roles, and that's that's where I get really excited because mm. um, it shows that um, that person clearly has found a career, found a path, found a journey yeah. that actually really connects to their inner purpose. Um, that's where I get really excited. But also that said, is we do sometimes meet people who maybe they're not in their, their what um, print refers to as best self. They're not the best um, positive, productive version of themselves. Yeah. And the likelihood is that maybe there's something within their job role that's actually impacting or, or um, their unconscious motivators and their unconscious motivators aren't being met and satisfied. So part of the the print um, report, it even gives um, people a section where they can actually complete a little kind of questionnaire yeah. that asks them questions about them their role and that's really useful to a lot of people that's that, that role alignment document definitely, isn't it it definitely is okay. interesting because okay. yeah we're right. probably going on right so so we can ha- meet our unconscious motivators at work we can obviously sometimes some people maybe don't meet their unconscious motivators at yes. work so for the number of times that we've delivered print and we do it quite a bit it's one it is a really big part of what we do at yes. t2 um because obviously we're trying to lead ourselves first before we start looking towards others and then the team mm-hmm. and all the other pillars that we have at T2. So what's the if, if I was to say to you, Benice, what's the key takeaways that I need to remember from my print yeah. profile that I need to really understand, I need to get nailed on? Because if I don't understand this process and the language that's used in print, mm-hmm. and we've had organisations that have changed the whole way that they talk. Yeah. Because of, the, because of the print. Yeah. Because that means that's when we talk, talk about impact. Yeah. Well, there's no better feeling than having a full team of people embrace their print, yeah. embrace the language that we're going to go through now, and then change or maybe adapt the way that they, the way yeah. that they speak to each other. Because it, it can have a significant impact to, to a team, to an organisation, because if you have that awareness of not only yourself, but how others are wired, it means that you're, you're able to adapt and better understand those people. And by doing so, that's where we break through that productivity ceiling. Right, okay then. So if we think about um, how unconscio- unconscious motivators work, so it's really quite simple. So how we, we behave one way when our unconscious motivators are being... Um, met and satisfied and when this happens um the Paul Hertz group refer to it as it's your best self behavior and this is it's anticipated as well so in the report so you you get a full page that talks around your unconscious motivators and your anticipated best self this is the easy read right yeah everyone loves reading this page and we always say people if we're doing this um with a with a group and they're in the room with us we always throw some highlighters around say highlight the bits that really stand out to you and everyone gets the highlighter and says you know what i'm going to highlight the whole page because that person is absolutely awesome a couple of times right but Dum dum dum. Here we go. Um, if your unconscious motivators aren't being met, aren't being satisfied, or there's something that's blocking them from from being satisfied, then there is potential for some shadow behaviour to shine through. What's shadow behaviour? So potential beneath? shadow behaviour. This is where I suppose it's it's the 
It's the most unproductive version of you. Okay. So if you think of those days at work, maybe you've had a day at work and just all sorts of different things have been happening and it's just been one of those days where it's just been really difficult and you're probably aware that there's certain behaviors that people have seen from you that maybe weren't productive, Mm. okay? The likelihood is that there was something happened or happening that was actually blocking your unconscious motivators from being met and satisfied. And this is where you see almost like a different version of you and sometimes you look back on that and you think oh my goodness I probably didn't deal with that situation the right way the likelihood is that there was something going on there Um, and we refer to this as triggers right so triggers then yes so my my question is so trigger for trigger for me is like in a gun okay where something someone pulls the trigger yeah and they start to see something different to what they'd normally see yes okay yeah now my my point is, if I start thinking of triggers and shadow behavior, so can I be triggered into best self? Mm, well, typically no. So okay. it's typically a trigger happens and that is an action or non-action by another person, by a situation, okay. and that's what stimulates shadow behavior. Okay, so I am triggered into shadow behavior then. Is that what we're trying to say? Yes. Okay, and then... How do I get, if I've been triggered into shadow behavior and if it, if I'm starting to act in these ways that potentially are not, not necessarily the way I'd want to react, yeah. what, what's then the term to get me back into anticipated best self behavior then? So this is where with a lot of the clients and partners that we work with, we focus on actually building strategies. Nice. So it's really important that you not only do you have this report and it tells you kind of these are some of the triggers that um, may impact your unconscious motivators. This is the potential of shadow behavior that you yeah. might see. It's really important that we don't just stop it there because it's really we want to make sure that everyone that we work with leaves with having a significant impact on this. So this is where we talk to people and really get them exploring those triggers. So what is the top trigger that you know just from reading it on your report? that instantly like almost your heart rate starts going and you feel a certain emotion um it's really important to then really think about well what shadow behavior might people see from me and then actually what can I do differently to try and be more best self because that's what we want the the art of um print is it gives you all of that awareness on triggers on shadow um but also as well helps you tie the knot so that you can try and be more best self that's that's the goal that's what we want so we can have awareness on how we can better manage those triggers so that we can be the best version of us okay so shadow behavior then if we, if I'm triggered in, if I, you're gonna do a bit of coaching with me nowadays. Oh, am I? So, <laughs> if if I've been triggered, yes, is that my fault? Well, this is sometimes a little bit debatable, but um, it's not your fault. It's your fault and ro- your responsibility is how you react to that trigger. Right. Okay. So, so a lot of triggers you can't control because they just happen, and also as well, this is where you have to really take a step back and remember that we are all unique. Um, We're all kind of um, special and wonderful in our own little ways, but we view the world differently. So it's really important that I need to be aware that me and my best self, there might be, if I'm wired completely different to you, James, some of the, my best traits or my best qualities may actually be one of your triggers. Right. So hold it there then. So me being me and you being you 
could be triggering each other into shadow behavior. Yes, and this is why sometimes uh, we have um, dysfunction in a team because people aren't able to understand each other's lens of the world. Okay, so then the strategy is then put in place. So maybe if we... I'm just listening to you, Benice. I'm just listening to your words. So the two things that we need to really get across is that you are triggered into shadow behavior. Yeah. And you strategy into best self behavior. Yes. Okay. So remember, potential shadow behavior is the actual strap line. Yeah. And anticipated best self behavior is the other one. Yes. Okay. But you are triggered into shadow, you strategy into best. Yes. Cool. Right. I'm, I've got a little bit of clarity there. So first of all, we know our unconscious motivators, but for anybody that's listening to this, they're going, all right, you've said there's nine, but what are they? Yes. So let's just go across the top and just, it's not going to, we're not going to dive into each one, but when you start to listen to the podcast and listen it back, and you might have to listen to this part a few times, if you haven't been on one of the print workshops or the leading yourself workshop at T2 is actually, what are these nine unconscious motivators? And then if we can give a little bit of context and just go through ours so people can start to see yes. what it what it might look like for them. But for everybody that's listening, as we're going through these nine unconscious motivators, I want you to just see if there's any that might resonate with you. And this is only unlo- is it, there's a very limited amount of detail, mm-hmm. but just understand that we'll go, there is going to be deep dives on each one of these. Yes. So let's get into it now, Bernice. What is a one profile? So one is for things to be perfect, correct, and right. It's A, B, C, right? A, B, C. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. A, B, A, B, F, D, E, excuse me. So these are the people who um, who will often seek to avoid making mistakes. They don't want to do things wrong. They live in a world where um, kind of they like everything to be nice and structured, organized. Okay. Everything's nice and um, orderly um, as well. Because for them, they're wired for things to be perfect, correct and right. Okay, two profile. Two is to be needed and appreciated. So this is the most humanistic of all unconscious motivators. One thing that we do always say with this one, so the, the language there, to be needed and appreciated. One thing we do like to say, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is a needy person. It simply means that this is someone who's really thinking of others and um, always putting other people before themselves okay. as well. Really caring, supportive people. Okay, so we've got perfect, correct and right, one. Yep. Two, to be needed and appreciated. Yes. Three. Three is to succeed and achieve. Ooh. Really goal-driven, really fast-paced. Um, they're very passionate. They're very energetic. They love to have a goal. Um, this is the person who is always continuously kind of um, working towards goals. And they they love it. They thrive on when they're able to accomplish those goals. And we like to think of them as they're the captain of winning teams. Okay, cool. So, perfect, correct and right. To be needed and appreciated. Yes. To succeed and achieve. Yes. Four. Four is to be special and find meaning in life. Mm. So these are the people where I suppose they're, they're out of the box um, thinkers. Um, this is the one unconscious motivator that in the work that we do, we don't see so often. But um, that said, it definitely shows up in certain roles. So these are the people who are really, really um, creative. There's no limit to the possibilities in their world. And they like to have that, find that meaning behind things. So four, to be special and find meaning in life. Okay, five. Five is to be knowledgeable and smart. So these are the people who love to be, um, kind of their world is knowledge is power and they thrive on being in situations where they can soak up and get all of the information. And that's how they make decisions as well. Okay. 
Six. Six is to be safe and secure. So these are the people who, um, they are um, the people who in a group or let's say in the work context, this is the person in your team who will be able to look right forwards further than anyone else can and be able to pick out all of the potential risks in a situation. Yeah. Because in their world, they, they're wanting to, to be safe and secure. So, Not they, only for so self, they can find the pitfalls, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. They'll always find uh, the pitfalls behind things. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, what about a seven then? Last three. Seven to enjoy life and be happy. Lovely. So these are the the positive, optimistic people. They um, just want to enjoy their life and just have a good time. And that so can do attitude is definitely, normally pretty, pretty good to touch definitely. on. Okay. Cool. Eight. Eight is strong and self reliant. So these are the people who um, are seen as incredibly in, independent. Um, but also as well, one thing to add to that is strong and self reliant. So there's can sometimes be a bit of bravery, a bit of um, they're very courageous. They're able to jump into tough situations and be able to step up not only for themselves but for other people as well now, so great as protectors impact, of others yeah as an impact of that if you yeah that would be if you're stepping up for me yeah I'm then starting to feel a little bit more protected by the decisions that you make because I know you're making the decisions yes for me yeah, yeah? okay cool and then finally, last but by no means least of course the nine profile nine is to have peace and harmony oh yeah Nice. So these are the people who um, we like to consider them as a, they're the glue that holds the group together. Okay. okay. So in their world, they just want to have peace and harmony. Okay. Let's all just get along and just okay. no so, conflict. So let's, so let's, let's round that off then. So we've got the ones to one to nine profiles and just understand that they are, num- they are not numbers. They are profiles. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's just the easiest way to organize them. Now, if I then said, well, okay, I get two of these, but which one is the most dominant or yeah. the most prominent, if you like? Yeah. So when you get your print report, um, the very first page is going to tell you what your unconscious motivators are, but it's going to tell you which is the major. Yeah. So that is the, I suppose, the most dominant and which is your your minor, which is your secondary. Okay. So what about the relation between those two then? What do I need to know about? Because obviously if I've got, I've, I've, I'm, so I'm a two, three. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yep. Now, I want to know what that means. So you're two, three, to be needed and appreciated, to succeed and achieve. For me, I'm a seven, eight, to enjoy life and be happy and to be strong and self-reliant. So my three, to succeed and achieve, and I've got my two, which is my major. But because their relation is high, what impact does my three have? So is it to support my major and get my unconscious motivators yep. met? And then on the flip side of that, if I flip the coin, if you like that when I'm in shadow behavior, my three would then potentially show a bit of shadow Mm -hmm. so that then I am then not going to meet my unconscious motivators because it still keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Yeah. Okay. So with a low relation between the two, so between your major and your minor, then it is, from what you've just said, is that then if that first horse over the finishing line Mm -hmm. is getting supported or maybe even sometimes hindered by your, your minor... Because obviously it will work either as a superpower or as maybe a little bit of a, a kryptonite. Is that the way, like a way of it looking at it? It can do, but something that um, so um, Paul Hertz and Deborah Levine, who who created Print, um, they actually answered this question themselves, and they said, to be honest, in certain situations, it's different to a different people. Although for me, it's low. There is certain situations where. 
that isn't the case and it might be that the the potential shadow you see from me is connected to my seven or is connected to my eight and this is where it is your print report your print profile is so unique to you um so this is where um for people it might be that they they can really recognize certain aspects of it in themselves, but there may be certain aspects of it, especially in the potential shadow that they, they don't necessarily connect with. Um, And this is where the true self development comes from being able to, we have it in certain situations where people read their potential shadow behavior page. um, And the reason why, the Paul Hertz group called it potential shadow is because there's potential for it. And also as well, the the most kind of self-aware people, they can look at situations that trigger them and they can create those strategies. So this is where for some people, they'll read the shadow behavior page and they'll say, you know what? That was me. 20 years ago, 10 years yeah. ago, five years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. And actually, but because of experience um, or I just, I've learned I'm a better person now. I know how to better manage that situation. And they've definitely put the strategies in place to deal yes. with that. Okay. And that's what we're we're aiming to do. And that's what print can do for you as yeah. well. It can open your eyes to really explore that potential shadow. But this is where every single client that we work with, we will make sure that they leave with a strategy in place so that they can be more best self. For at least, at least their want, top want trigger, right? They're at Definitely. least their top trigger. Definitely top trigger. So just to sort of round those off and understanding language, let's let's sort of round it up beneath. So we've got, we know who the Paul Hertz group are. Yeah. You know, it's Paul Hertz and Deborah Levine. Yes. We've been through the nine unconscious motivated profiles very briefly, but understand that if anybody's listening to the podcast, you can start to make a link between maybe some of them. But remember, the key word is unconscious. Yes. We've had people in this in T2 Towers that <laughs> have literally gone, I didn't make the link. No. That's absolutely fine, by the way. It's absolutely fine. The key word is unconscious. Yeah. People don't have necessarily the links. And it's our job to use print as the model to make the unconscious into the yeah, conscious mind so correct. that you can be that best version of you. Okay, so let's round it up in a human iceberg context. So we've got above waterline, potential shadow behaviours, anticipated best self behaviours. They're what you show. You will show above the waterline. Yes. Your unconscious motivators and the why you act the way you do, the yeah. why of you is sat beneath the waterline in a human iceberg context. And then below that, and what we touch on as well, is your sense of purpose. Yeah. Now, we don't, this, is, this isn't a counselling session, is it, Benice? No. So this is a development session. Yes. So even if that sense of purpose comes from quite a dark place, mm. we don't necessarily, and I know I definitely don't ask people, if they're, unless they have this burning hole in the middle of their chest and they need to let yeah. need to speak about it, then we won't touch on sense of purpose. But really, it's about understanding that, okay, I've boxed that off. I've put that into the back of my brain. I've had that conversation with myself. I don't need to open that box. We're not asking you to open the box. No. We're just asking you to understand that that's your sense of purpose. It's in there. And this is then the impact that it could potentially have on the reason you've got the unconscious motivators you do. Yeah. And then the anticipated or potential for the impact on behavior above yes. the waterline. Yeah. Okay. Key language we need to understand. Shadow behavior. You are triggered into shadow. You strategy into best self. Anticipated best self. Mm. Potential shadow. All these terms, everybody, that you need to... If you're going to change the language and how it impacts and that, like you say about maximizing impact, you understand that, yeah, people are being triggered into shadow yeah. and I am doing something. I'm making a choice. I'm controlling what I control to get myself into anticipated best self behaviors. Yeah. You can't always, um, 
get away from some of those triggers. As we said um, earlier as well, sometimes um, what might be triggering for someone is that that other person, they're in their true best yeah, self. that's the way of working. So it's down to you. It's, it's your responsibility to manage how you show up. Um, and that comes from that deep understanding of actually how you're wired and how you work. Oh, so you mean I can't just turn up and say, oh, you've triggered me now, that's it. No. Oh, no that's leave me, leave me for a week. That's, that's not productive, James. Oh. <laughs> oh. So I suppose... Um, if anyone is listening to this and maybe you haven't done print um, before, um, then of course that's something that we use a lot at T2. Yeah. So um, if anyone is a little bit um, curious by print, or it might be that actually you really want to understand your print because not only is it effective for your um, professional work life, but there's so much you can take away from it in regards to your personal life as well. Yeah. So, James, if anyone does want to find out a little bit more about their print, what do they need to do? So, you guys need to get in touch with the T2 Towers. Yeah. Um, send an email, follow us on social media. What we are going to do is we are going to do the deep deep dive into your unconscious motivators, but without you actually going through the process yeah. and actually getting in, in touch with... T2, you're going to get a little bit of a miscommunication or you might even get a, maybe a little bit of ambiguity by yeah. assuming that you're getting it and... We always really... get people to guess. When we introduce um, the unconscious motivators to um, a client or to a group, if we're doing coaching session, a workshop, whatever it might be, so the amount of people that, that make a guess... And sometimes it's, yeah, maybe they're not far off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so definitely have a think about which of those motivators stand out to you and which you think you can connect with. But I would definitely recommend if you really want to take it to the next level in regards to your self-development, whether it be for, for you as an individual, or for yeah. your team, for your organization, then get in touch because we'd love to help support. Okay. Bernice, it's been a pleasure. Always. Um, and we'll be back for the next T2 Hubcast. Um, thank you very much. I'm James Cooper. And I'm Benice Cassidy. Are you a fan of our podcast? If so, make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter by searching trans performance By following us, you'll have access to exclusive content, special announcements, and more. Join the T2 community today.